The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Welcome to another installment of Wizard's Half. This is episode 14.5, and I'm Michael. Let's dive into it. First, I wanted to say that uh, we were trying to figure out what we could talk about this week, and I don't know if you guys remember from a few episodes back, Adam and I did a uh, sniffing contest of our oldest comics. It didn't go well, especially for Adam. He wants me to lick a 90s comic i don't know if i can do that i it feels almost sacrilegious or dirty or i don't know some of my comics have been sitting in my basement for a long 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 time we'll see but first let's dive into the amazing art section and we'll go back to this idea of licking a comic in a little while and we're going to start with Wolverine, which is a pretty cool-looking Wolverine. Very large calf and thigh muscles and huge misproportionate legs to upper body. The face is really cool. Almost has kind of like a venomy feel. And if you're like a Funko Pop fan, you know how they like venomized all the Funko Marvel characters? This is kind of in the same vein. And this is by Andrew L. Jones from Brunswick, Maine. The next one is a Spider-Man, kind of in the style of the Todd McFarlane look. Very cool, gigantic eyes, really well detailed over kind of like a silhouetted city with webbing all over the place. Funny enough, neither the Wolverine nor the Spider-Man have any kind of wizard cloak or hat or any kind of wizard resemblance other than the logo on the the, uh, cover. This is by Tim... Delisandro or Delisandro? I think it's I think it's Tim Delisandro from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The next one, another rogue, and uh, she's kind of like almost dancing. It looks like around some stars, and a wizard cap is kind of falling in the background. The body is really well drawn. It's got the very animated series style look. The face is a little bit. Uh, uh, misproportionate, I would say. It just kind of looks a little awkward. But the, the design of the character looks really, really nice. That's by Travis Cook from Saginaw, Texas. A, uh, a drawing of... Well, okay, one is definitely Bloodshot. only reason why I know that is because the iconic character with the big red dot in his chest. Some guy in a kilt. Uh, Exo Man of War. That Nuclear Man guy. I guess that's Faith... And I don't know who the other character is. I'm assuming it's Valiant character. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Okay. So it actually says in there, wow, hello, der. It is the winner of the Valiant Gold Eternal Warrior number one. Huh. Interesting. I don't know what that means, but it's pretty cool. This is by Christopher Walton from Tullahoma, Tennessee. Okay. Next we have... How do we screw this guy up? He looks kind of like Thanos, but he could also be Mongol from DC. I, I'm going with Thanos just because of the way the the jawline is kind of Thanosy. 
and uh, I don't really remember what he looked like in the 90s, but this is what I would assume because he's got kind of purpley to him and golden armor. Really kind of cool drawing, ripping kind of a cloak in half with the wizard stars in it. This is by Dexter Stacy and Tan Sandico from Wow. This is from this is from the Philippines. That's a that's a really really amazing thing. And the person people who drew this are 15 years old. The next one is a Batman all in silhouette, very over exaggerated musculature. Kind of hard to make out what his face looks like. It's all dark, but it's got the gigantically long cowl ears and the cape is kind of jagged it looks cool it's just kind of hard to make out it's all in, in black and white and pencil and silhouette it's really really nice it's by renee lopez from santa Ana, california it's kind of like an elseworld looking batman so i'm cool with that and now we have a bunch more amazing art the first one we have here is psylocke jubilee and rogue coming through almost like a theater curtains but they're the wizard cloak as curtains I, I, this is one of the best ones i've seen of any artists that submitted stuff psylocke looks perfect and rogue looks terrific and even jubilee she looks okay she looks fine i mean she looks very much like the animated series just a little bit i don't know weird kind of hair almost like a flat top but like Psylocke and, and Rogue are perfect. It's really, really amazing. And this is by Walter Schoenlieber from Berlingame, California. The next one we have is the original X-Men of Beast, Jean Grey, or Marvel Girl at the time, Cyclops, Angel, and Iceman. And uh, this is really... It's kind of in the vein of that Mego-looking style, but... Uh, they're pretty good. It's pretty neat looking art. It's, again, way better than I could do, of course. I, I, I like it. Angel's wings are, f like, furish, I guess, or like a, like a sheep looks material. It's kind of cool. And the word wizard has the stars going through it of the wizard cloak, and it's purple. And this is by Verglio Caldente. Um, I'm probably butchering it, and if you ever listen to this show, I strongly apologize, as always. From Honolulu, Hawaii, which is pretty cool. Next, we have a really serious Punisher, and he's loaded up with two Uzis, and the Punisher logo is gigantic. It's almost too big. Uh, the body is gigantic. He has probably about size 84 shoes on, and he's blasting the Uzis through, uh, I guess it would be a cape, and paint on the walls with stars in it that are all in purple, which looks pretty neat. The next one we have is a Spawn, and... It's, it's very, very detailed. The, the, the cape is really, really dynamic. There's some chains hanging from it. You can really not see Spawn's face, and his hands are a little bit misproportioned, but it's also kind of scaled in the sense that one hand is very, very close, and one is very far away. The wizard logo is like pouring out some green ooze, and I've noticed a trend with the last three. The x-men one the punisher one and the spawn one all of them have the wizard cloak in the letters of the word wizard with the stars that's kind of interesting they lined them up like that i wonder if that was intentional i'm sure it was this is by mark t martin from elk heart indiana next we have another spawn and this is much more in the vein of the todd mcfarlane look and it's really, really dynamic, and 
the cape is just gigantic. It's really beautiful. And I'm, I'm not a big Spawn guy, but this is pretty cool. And he's pointing his, like, gross, long-fingernailed hand and shooting lightning out of it or something. And there's a little tiny wizard guy in front of him, which is pretty funny. And uh, that Spawn is by Michael Pascal from Woodside, New York. New York, what up? Oh, we got another one. Oh, look at this, another New Yorker. The next is a wizard with a globe and... Oh, what's that Marvel villain? He's an X-Men villain. He's got kind of like tentacles that shoot out of his wrist and yellow hair. He was on the animated series a couple times. I can't remember what he's called at all. But it's a pretty neat little look. And the, and the wizard is like encapsulated him in, a, in an orb. It's really, really neat. I like it a lot. Uh, I just don't know who that character is. And then th this is where we cue my uh, flame on. Flame on! <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, this is by... Greg Penitez from Webster, New York. Then we've got another one. There's a lot this month, and I don't know who these characters are. This is by Alan D. Hagen from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. One has an M on their waistband belt buckle with all red. The other one is a guy holding a dagger and like a metallic hand, They're both in kind of leather. Don't know who these characters are at all. It's cool. It's very dark and neat. Hopefully Adam will post it on our Instagram and someone can tell us what it is because I don't know. And the last one is a super muscular wizard with a W logo. This is actually kind of cool. I like this. He's got a wizard cloak and cape with red gloves and he's holding a star wand. He's kind of like Superman mixed with Shazam. Or, or It's kind of funny. I, I like it. It's pretty neat. And this is by Kirk Buckendorf from Bullhead City, Arizona. And that is our amazing art section. So one thing we wanted to bring up is the what I'm reading. And you'd think being home for the last three and a half, four months, you'd have time to read. And I haven't had that much time to read unless it's really pertaining to the show. But I did just finish a DC Comics miniseries called Flash Forward. I am a huge fan of Wally West. I've loved that character for a long, long time. I think my love really cemented during the Justice League animated series. But after the New 52, they kind of killed him off, or they trapped him in the Speed Force, and then they did DC Rebirth, and he came back. And I was really hoping that Wally West was going to become this major player in DC, and for whatever reason, he did not. But they did this kind of swan song for him after Heroes in Crisis where he I don't want to spoil anything but he did something pretty bad and I really was bummed out by it so then they did this new miniseries called Flash Forward it's a six issue arc where this godlike figure called Tempest something or other it's forgettable it's another god character type of thing that, that DC created that we'll either never hear from again or he's just a throwaway character but he enlists Wally West to come and save the multiverse from the dark matter of the dark multiverse. And you start to learn a little bit more about what causes the dark multiverse, which is really, really cool. And you learn a little bit more about Wally and try to understand him in a deeper way, which I thought was really cool. The art was beautiful. Each issue, he jumps to a different Earth. And uh, some of the Earths that he go to is like the vampire Batman Earth, which is really cool. He goes to the Earth. It's not Earth 2, but it's a similar thing to that. It's a really, really fun story overall. The 
ending of it is it's good but it's also like bittersweet because i don't want to spoil too much of it but it's definitely worth a read it's now in trade and they take wally west in a direction you wouldn't imagine going and that was kind of a bummer but they do bring back some pretty cool characters from the past that are legacy characters and that was really really neat i was very happy about that Beyond that, I've been reading uh, DC's Deceased. I read the first volume of it. I loved it. It was really cool, kind of Elseworlds type of story where what if Darkseid's virus, the anti-life equation, really did start killing everybody on the planet, what they would do. And it ends beautifully. It's a really great story. And I just started picking up uh, Deceased Unkillables. And it's basically a combination of those who have survived slash the heroes and villains that have been converted into more or less you know zombies in a way and that's really fun and another book you should check out is scott snyder's undiscovered country i've read the first couple of issues it just released volume one in trade which is six issues it's fantastic it's up for all kinds of awards right now they've already planning to adapt it into a series it's a it's a heck of a story and it's not like you would anything you would imagine it's not his normal dc stuff it's fantastic it's worth a read you should really check it out hey geeks adam calling in to you on the 2099 hotline that's right as discussed in episode 14 i recently invested in the entire marvel 2099 line of books it was one of my favorites growing up where i said i can get in on the ground floor of a new marvel universe and i was super excited by what i started reading and i mainly read the spider-man 2099 related titles picked up a few scattered other titles here and there but now i have the opportunity to read the entire universe take it all in and share that with you so i hope you enjoy this look to the future and we have some fun but before we get into all that starting next month i'll talk about ravage 2099 i thought that i would give you a little bit more detail on the history of how the 2099 universe came to be because it is a fascinating tale so according to the marvel age Number 117, October 1992, explained... The idea for Marvel 2099 originated with the principal creator of the present-day Marvel Universe, Stan Lee. A few years ago, Stan began working with John Byrne on a graphic novel set in the future of the Marvel Universe, featuring a lawman named Ravage. Although this particular project eventually fell through, Stan was still enthusiastic about the idea of portraying the Marvel Universe of the future. Okay, so that's where it all began, right? Now, that's the Marvel side of this story. Ah, it fell apart. It, It didn't really come together, but... But we gotta go to John Byrne, who is always opinionated, always has a certain sense of self when he talks about projects that he participated in, especially those that didn't go anywhere. So let's find out what John Byrne had to say about this project. In John Byrne's Next Men Book 1 trade, there's an introduction by John Byrne where he explains the origins of his comic book Next Men, which he set up over at Dark Horse. 
Okay, and he says, To begin at the beginning, first a moment to dispel a popular misconception. John Byrne's Next Men is not a failed or rejected Marvel project. Never was. Confusion rises from the fact that my first Dark Horse project, the 2112 graphic novel, was created for material which I originally prepared for a Marvel project. And since 2112 has been installed into the Next Men canon, it's only logical, albeit erroneous, to think the two had the same genesis. What actually happened was this. 2112 was created originally as a, quote, pilot for Marvel's Futureverse project initiated by Stan Lee. Stan asked me if I would like to create the future of the Marvel Universe, and my reaction was, if I don't, somebody else will. Call it ego, but I felt I was better qualified than most to project the future timelines of the universe with which I had been so intimately involved for so many years. So I took a number of different notions which had been percolating through my head for some time and shuffled them into a package which would seem a reasonably logical extrapolation of Marvel's timeline. Unfortunately, as it turned out, things were not quite what I had been led to believe, and ultimately, I found myself in a position in which I could only maintain artistic integrity, pretentious term, but there you are, if I took back that part of the work, which was exclusively mine, as distinguished from the elements which I had mixed in in order to make the story fit into Marvel continuity. It actually is reported in issue 15 of Wizard that John Byrne's Next Men started out as a failed project for Marvel, but there he clarifies everything. He had two different ideas at the time, and 2112 was a future story that that's what he was using as the basis for what would become the 2099 project as he was conceiving it, but had to step away, as John Byrne often does when things don't go exactly the way he wants them to go. But in the Comics Values Monthly, the interview with Joey Cavallari, who is the editor of the line, he explains this. Quote, this is not a hoax, a dream, or imaginary story, Cavallari said. It's the Marvel Universe a hundred years from now. You will see evidence of that when you read the books. However, Marvel's success in the past in creating new universes has been less than fruitful. When Jim Shooter became editor-in-chief in 1986, he created a universe that featured heroes like Kickers Inc., Starbrand, and Justice. This was followed by the epic line, Shadowline family of books, Doctor Zero, Powerline. Powerline? Like from a goofy movie? St. George. Which wasn't successful either. Cavallari doesn't believe that Marvel 2099 will fade into a time warp. Quote, I think the proof is in the pudding, Cavallari said. These are costume characters, they're familiar characters for the large part, and they're definitely within the Marvel Universe. So Marvel isn't taking any chances. The company has already started promoting the line with a Spider-Man 2099 preview and Amazing Spider-Man number 365, and is continuing with retail posters, special 2099 clocks for comic shops, and more previews in upcoming issues of Marvel Comics Presents and Punisher. It looks like time is on Marvel's side. So right there, that last paragraph, for an obsessive collector like me, instantly I say, all right, well, I've seen the posters on ebay and i'll probably pick one up eventually but where do i get a promotional clock where do i find the issues of marvel comics presents and punisher that had previews in them so now i gotta score all those as well but here's the thing about the 2099 universe that like we said spider-man 2099 is a little bit slow in introducing the action element and the costume adventure of spider-man they give it to you up top and then nothing for the rest of the book and truthfully in two and three, we do get more Spider-Man for sure, because he's got a 
a cyborg bounty hunter on his trail that's sent by Alchemax to find out exactly who was this Spider-Man that broke out of their facility. But yeah, it's one of those things where for me, I love the idea that they've invented their own curse words in this world. So instead of saying the F word, they say shock. You know, what the shock? Kind of ridiculous, but it's a very fun, futuristic expletive. And so I always got a big kick out of that. In fact, when I get into the Ravage book, Stan Lee is also creating different slang as well as he perceives them. So uh, the other thing I want to mention, though, is Cavallari said, you know, this is definitely the Marvel Universe 100 years in the future. So there are familiar archetypes, familiar character names and things like that. But one of the things they mention is, yeah, it's definitely part of Marvel's history as they perceived it at the time. There is something that they're always referring to. Many characters in the book will refer to the heroic age or the event that occurred at the end of the heroic age. It's a very common expression throughout all the 2099 books where they are saying, hey, there was a time when there were a bunch of costumed heroes, ah, but something big happened and then there haven't been heroes for a very long time. They don't actually specify how long it's been. Like, was it 1999 that that happened and now it's 100 years later and that's when the heroic age ended? In my reading that I've done up to this point, they have not specified, but I'm very curious to know how much they reference the heroic age and get into the details of what happened there. But again, that's just a fun mystery that they put into this. There's also the whole concept in here that a whole section of New York City, for example, they now call Nueva York. And so down below in the underworld and downtown is basically the old New York City and they've just built up and beyond. And so it's kind of an interesting idea. I guess you would look at like the fifth element also used a similar concept where it was just like all these different levels of the city that they were existing in. But the 2099 universe has a lot to offer. I can't wait, like I said, to come back and give you a little bit more detail on this character Ravage that was created by Stan Lee and see if Stan still got it back in 1992. Could he bring it to the table and give us something interesting who knows but to keep you guys all excited about these 2099 hotline segments one of the things that we put out there to social media was a contest that's right a giveaway where we are actually going to be giving away a copy of spider-man 2099 number one this marvel age number 117 from october 1992 that has a lot of great details in it as well as spider-man 2099 meets spider-man which was a one-shot graphic novel that is way fun and it's got the vulture 2099 in it it's got venom and lots of time shifting and swapping as well as some vintage Marvel trading cards featuring 2099 characters and, yes, a Spider-Man 2099 Lego minifigure. Now, the terms of the contest were... Which character do you think deserved a futuristic revamp, okay? So there were some pretty interesting ideas here, made me chuckle. So to start off here, we had at Nerd Jam Room said... Meteor Man 2099. (laughs) That's right. Based on the Robert Townsend live action superhero film, which did have an official Marvel Comics series. There was an adaptation and then they continued on the adventures of Meteor Man in Marvel Comics. He is a Marvel character. So Meteor Man 2099 certainly in the running. At Fletch Penna suggested Power Pack 2099. Now I've never been super interested 
interested in the Power Pack story, but I could just see a very dark interpretation. Probably some kids living downtown, you know, and they're on the streets and they got to take care of each other, that they get caught up in some experiment and get powers, who knows. At Patrick Alt, he's just said he wanted to see the original Spider-Man transported to the future. So, if you read the Spider-Man 2099 meets Spider-Man graphic novel, yeah, you might enjoy that tale then there, Patrick Alt. Uh, next was R. Seekin thought that Thor 2099 would have something to offer. And you want to know what? Thor is a big part of the 2099 universe. I'll just mention that. That there is a religion, which is the Thorite religion. So in all the books, there's different people. Oh yeah, I was raised Thorite. So <laughs> Thor as a god is actually worshipped in 2099. There's all these people talking about the return of Thor. Thor will come to avenge us and all those things. So uh, it's definitely part of the lore and I believe there actually is a Thor 2099 that shows up at a very important crossover down the line. Next up was at Teddy Ray one and Teddy suggested Spider Ham, ah, fresh from his appearance in Into the Spider Verse. But you know what's funny? I actually have a copy of What the. For those who don't know, What the was basically the Mad Magazine of Marvel Comics, and they would parody their own characters. Spider Ham gets a cover as Spider Ham fifteen eighty eight, as in like fifteen dollars and eighty eight cents. That's their joke, and so they have a short comic in there where he meets all the futuristic versions. There's a Ravage, who's a rat. There's the Punisher in the Spider-Ham universe is like this fish. And so like they really like mix all those characters in. So again, that's been done. You can check it out. Now, Leaster37 had a fantastic idea here, which was Slapstick. 2099. That's right. The Marvel character who was a cartoon creation come to life with all the powers of a wacky cartoon character. I have to imagine this one would have probably gone the way of the Ghost Rider 2099 who had a lot of connections to like cyberspace. It seems like he would probably be some sort of digital character as they understood the internet back in the day. Um, At 20 Years Before tells us Sleepwalker 2099 Another one of those rookies of the Marvel Universe from all the Marvel trading cards back in the day. Sleepwalker. That's another one that would be very interesting to see where they decided to take that. Would it be a new character or would it be, since that is an other dimensional being, would he actually just come into the 2099 universe as some sort of herald of the heroic age or something like that? At Mazer375 suggested Iron Man 2099. Now, we know there's an Iron Man 2020 who is Arno Stark, uh, but I'm actually very curious to see. I don't think that Iron Man 2020 ever makes an appearance in the 2099 comics, but in a lot of ways, Doom just kind of looks like Iron Man. (laughs) So it kind of fills that void. But I'm curious as I read on here, especially in the Unlimited series, there was 2099 Unlimited where they did a lot of trying to introduce new characters in short stories. It was an anthology book. So there might be an Iron Man story in there somewhere. At John Paul Spencer suggested Black Panther 2099, which is another one you would think that Wakanda and Vibranium and all that stuff would be very valuable and important in this future universe. I do know that there was a month a few years ago where Marvel was 
producing all their books with 2099 variants of their covers. And so you got all these current Marvel characters and saying, okay, Black Panther 2099. But he pretty much looked exactly the same on that cover as the regular Black Panther. So not much of a change. Illogical logic suggests Guardians of the Galaxy 2099. Now again, the Guardians of the Galaxy book in the 90s was already taking place like beyond 2099 in space. So that was already a future uh, projection of the Marvel Universe. You know, one of the characters had supposedly Captain America's shield. So I always thought that that would have been a very interesting crossover to say, how does the 2099 universe lead into that Guardians of the Galaxy universe, if at all? It's a very interesting idea. At Mason Rad suggests Captain America 2099. And that's the thing, right? In this world that Marvel's created, there really isn't like a United States of America. There's not a president. It's not a nation. It's all run by corporations. So what would a Captain America mean in that world? But I can tell you that in my collecting, I have several issues of Doom 2099, where it looks like Steve Rogers, Captain America from our present day, travels somehow to the future to face Doom. So I can't wait to read those books, but they're kind of far down the line. So at Joey Misfit, piggybacking on Captain America, suggested Winter Soldier 2099. Now this would have been very interesting if there was something to do with Bucky having to be frozen again and then he wakes up in 2099. Again, a fun way to connect the past and the present. And finally, at Jay Barsotti says, I'd like to see either Colossus 2099 parentheses, he doesn't age in his armored form, which I didn't know, or really old man Sabretooth. <laughs> so let's see if Sabretooth could outdo Logan by being really old, and what kind of havoc would he get up to? So guys, a lot of awesome suggestions here. I want to thank you all so much for really giving me a, an idea of what could be done, and it's time to announce our winner. So the winner is... Congratulations, Teddy Ray won with Spider-Ham. <laughs> Even though it was sort of done in a parody version, I personally would love to see Into the Spider-Verse. I am hoping they bring Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, into that storyline for the sequel. But if they don't, at the very least, they got to keep him in the end credit scenes. And I think it would be hilarious to have Spider-Ham 2099 as a gag. Are they going to point at each other again? What's it going to be? Who knows? but I just think that would really bring a smile to my face. So guys, that's it for the 2099 hotline. So until next time, see you in the future. Oh, and Michael, if you're still debating over whether or not you're going to lick that comic, my friends and Kiss had a little bit of encouragement for you. <laughs> Going back to it now, I don't think I'm going to lick a comic. I just can't do it. I've been toying with this for three days. I'm like, do I want to take a comic that's 30 years old and lick the page or lick the cover? First of all, I wouldn't do that anyway. I don't know, because it's kind of weird and making me, I don't want to throw up. And I don't want to damage a comic, even if it's worth one cent at this point. You know, it's probably a, you know, a burnout, but who cares? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting concept. But I'm going to ask you guys, would any of you ever lick a comic that was 30 years old? I don't know. 
I, I, it's a bold question. Let us know, please. Anyway, sorry this wasn't exactly super exciting and it wasn't really that informative. We did cover a ton of stuff in, in episode 14, which was really cool. And I was glad we had an old college buddy of mine on who is now doing bigger and better things and really super successful. So next time on episode 15, we're going to have another friend of mine named Pete, who he and I have been friends for... 20 years now we've worked on a lot of short films and projects together and we have a equal passion for 90s comics and animated series and so on and so forth but until then don't forget to check us out on instagram on twitter on youtube on spotify on podbean thank you to the retro network for hosting us in all different locations we really appreciate everything you do for us and until next time keep your books bagged and boarded This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.